This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 386 for Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. And this is the first of a couple of holiday episodes, the annual holiday roundtable here at the Citadel Cafe. Joining me this week will be Ryan Murphy. You can find him at rmurphy on Twitter or ryanmurphyca on Twitch. Uh, he'll be here a little bit later. Also coming later, Alistair McFly. Alistair McFly on Twitter and Alistair McFly on Twitch. But here right now is my good buddy, Stephen ESC, as you might suspect, both on Twitter and Twitch. Hello, sir. <laughs> hey, Joel. How's it going? Not too bad, my friend. I am looking forward to talking about some good nerdy stuff that came out this week, uh, or at least mm, was likewise. announced this week. Uh, and of course, back with more nerdy goodness, James the F- Civilian, available no nowhere you're just here this exclusive it's special james you're this is it hello you get the world exclusive access joel thank you for having me back uh, how are you uh good dude like i this is this is one of my favorite things to do with the sizzle cafe because over the course of the year i have you know brockett and lou and megan rotate on a regular basis but then i every once in a while i can squeeze in like you know johnny or uh, Steven or you or Alistair for different things that are, you know, focused like a Star Trek special or uh, Steven and I tend to talk about animation, I think, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, just as it happens, we're both into that kind of stuff. And it's always good to kind of reach out, you know, and bring in people from around um, around the, the year. I look back over the year and see who the guests were and try to get as many people into one show as possible this year because of work schedules and stuff we're going to be recording too um megan myself brockett and lou will be recording tomorrow i tried to cross pollinate i tried to bring like regular crew and non-regular crew uh, or guests i should say not crew but um in intermingled but just the way that schedules tended to fall this year that was not uh something i was able to do uh and if i at all sound hoarse it's because this is the second podcast <laughs> today and the third in three days, I think, um, along with a, a stream of my own yesterday. Um, it is that time of year where all the independent creators are recording stuff ahead of time so we can take a holiday uh, over the or the Christmas and the New Year's holidays. So um, I know uh, my plans coming up this Christmas uh, will be quiet. Um, family in Nova Scotia is going to be able to get together, the immediate family, so that's good. Uh, I'm not traveling anywhere. I just have to drive across town, which is also good. Um, but I'm looking to take a break from podcasting i will more than likely do extra streaming only because that feels a lot like kicking around playing video games and a lot less like work um than than podcasting and artwork you know does um are either one of you taking um uh, uh, like extra time off over the holidays steven will start with you yes i am actually it as of 4 30 this friday i'm on vacation until january 4th and it's the uh First time in a while I'm going to have that stretch of time off without any worries of work. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to it. I'll still probably be kicking around on 
Twitch. Usually stream three times a week, although one of my nights falls on Christmas and then the other one falls on New Year's. So I'll probably be skipping those days. Mm. Skipping, are you going to maybe bump them earlier or reschedule them for another day? Yeah, I haven't decided yet, but I've got some, you know, family stuff just hanging out and relaxing as well. So I don't necessarily want to make my schedule busier by. Yeah. I've, I was say, as of yet, undecided. Well, and just so people know, I mean, outside of those holiday flexible things, um, when are your normal stream nights? It's Tuesday and Friday, and there's one more, right? I stream Minecraft Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 Atlantic, and I do. I just started doing a drawing stream Sunday nights, uh, or Sunday evenings at 7.30 Atlantic as well. So Nice. Yeah. I missed the last one. I'll have to try to tune into the, the next drawing stream. I haven't done that uh, in a long time because uh, I had to reformat my Mac and I have not yet installed the streaming software again and gone through that whole headache. Mm. <laughs> it should be there because I use Streamlabs OBS, so it should mostly come over, but I'm sure there will be some tweaks and things that I need to do. Um, James, uh, are, are you taking any time off over the holidays? I'm in a similar boat to Steven, actually. As of 4.30 Friday afternoon, I'm taking two weeks off. Uh, I have to be on call one day for work. Uh, it just kind of that's just the way the on-call schedule broke down, uh, but that's fine. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to take a couple weeks as well. Dude, nice. that's awesome. Now I wish that it wasn't 2020 and we could just go grab a pint. <laughs> I know. Over the, I know. Over the holiday. Oh, yeah, I know. Perfect opportunity. Oh, my god! It's actually popped in my head a lot in the last few weeks. Just thinking, oh, it'd be cool to go do that. Nope. Can't go do that. <laughs> can't right do that. Yeah. The intentions yeah. are there. I hear you. I hear you. Well... See, and I thought about this over the, the, the summer before restrictions in the province came back down again, uh, and that is to just you know, have people over and just stand on the deck, you know, just go outside. Not people, but like one person, like have a friend over, mm -hmm. have a beer, sit six to 10 feet apart on the deck outside. It's probably fine, <laughs> especially yeah. when it's people that, you know, already work from home or already responsible, all that kind of stuff, but... Yeah, right. Right now, um, at least for us in Canada, for the for, actually, I should clarify for folks that don't know, um, both James and Stephen live just down the road from me, so we're all here in yes. Atlantic Canada, and um, so things have been more strict than they have been. Not nearly as bad as as other parts of the country or even other parts of the world, but still, like if everybody's doing their due diligence, it does put a damper on a lot of holiday mm -hmm. gatherings. There are no office Christmas parties. There are no big Christmas parties happening without well fines really um so which is good i'm i mean i'm i'm glad that they're being strict about it it just means that you just have to be a little bit more diligent over, yeah, over that's, the holidays that's one thing that's been great about nova scotia is they've been strict before things got bad so yeah i think we had four new cases today or maybe it was six new cases today and that's been the norm for the past almost week and that's not too shabby at all no not when you compare i think there was a great uh Deater cartoon a couple of months ago where uh, it was welcome to Nova Scotia, less cases of COVID-19 than the White House, which I thought was, <laughs> you know, and it was accurate. Like Nova Scotia yeah, had something like factual. four and the White House had like seven or eight or 12 or something. It's just like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, like it's a little bit nuts. Um, well, uh, while we are waiting for Alistair and Ryan to pop in later on, I thought I would just kind of get the ball rolling here. Uh, we have, uh, I've got a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, the kind of the best highlight, the best kind of like nerdy thing that you can bring into the show from, from 2020, uh, and what you're looking forward to in 2021. Now, 
2021, we have we have a little bit of a of a boot here, a little bit of a kickoff. Uh, I've got an email from Cosmic, uh, one of my moderators and and a good friend of mine in our, our community here. Uh, so I'll read that and then we can get into the rest. <clears throat> Cosmic writes, "Hello, my favorite bunch of nerdy folks. I hope this email finds you well. Me, I'm just having to lie down after catching up with all of the Disney news." That was recently announced. <laughs> Seriously, I had to watch over a couple of days because there was so much to take in. So now that we've had all the time to hopefully absorb all of the news, I'd love to know your thoughts. What are you looking forward to? What were you shocked to see announced? Anything you're not looking forward to? I'd like to list, uh, sorry, uh, I'd list what I'm looking forward to, but there's so much to mention. For what it's worth, I'm not feeling the need for another Indiana Jones movie. Uh, overall, I'm looking forward to the expansion of the Marvel Universe and the Star Wars Universe and seeing where these goes next. Uh, hopefully, uh, you all have a wonderful festive season. Wishing you the best for the new year. If anyone asks, let's just deny that all knowledge of 2020 exists. Cosmic. Uh, thanks for the great email, Cosmic. Really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody that wants to email the show, it's thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. We'll not be checking that over the holidays, so you're too late for 2020. <laughs> but hey, if you've got something that you want to see in 2021 uh, or hear us talk about in 2021, we will be back. So email the show, thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. It's one of my favorite things that's happened this year is that more email has been coming in and it's created some really cool conversations uh, over the course of 2020. Um, so... Uh, James, let's start with you. Highlight, nerd highlight of 2020 so far. I have a bit of a sentimental nerd highlight, actually. Uh, as we've been talking about, it is 2020. Uh, we've all kind of been in our homes a lot. So um, I didn't get to go back home this year. Uh, just a little background on myself. I'm not originally from Nova Scotia. Um, <laughs> so usually I get to go back to where I'm originally from, another part of Canada, get to see my family. But this year I didn't. And instead, my brothers and I really connected uh, by playing uh, games online on the Nintendo Switch. We played a lot of Mario Kart. We played a lot of Smash Brothers. We played a little bit of Minecraft in there. Uh, and that's been a real highlight for me, being able to connect with my, my family over distance. And even to expand upon that, you know, my, my local board game group, uh, we've kept playing weekly online, uh, which has been really nice. We even started a Gloomhaven group uh, on Saturdays. So just being able to continue being nerdy with people uh, just by distance has kind of been a real highlight for me. And in a way, it's almost brought us closer together, even though we're physically apart. I, that's really great. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've heard a lot about Gloomhaven. I think Lou's been playing that. Um, maybe not so much recently because they also had a baby. Um, their little one is not a year yet. I think she's five months, four months. Um, but, but Gloomhaven is definitely, I think, a tabletop that he's mentioned before. Um, I've certainly seen it in, in our Discord uh, being being thrown around. Uh, and somebody wrote in to the Spawn Chunks and they were talking about a game. It's a tabletop game app sold by Steam. Tabletop Simulator? I think that might be it. It's about it's about 20 British pounds. What would it, that be? Canadian, it's like 40 bucks, something like that. I can't remember how much I paid for it. I, I apologize. No. Oh, um, you own it. Okay. Well, either way. Yeah, that's that's what we've been using to play uh, our board okay. game group at, at both our usual board game night and as well as Gloomhaven. We've been playing it on Tabletop Simulator on Steam. Okay. So just it's just so, just so I know. I mean, it's, it sounds like amazingly dorky. Like how how does it work? Does it give you like a video? <laughs> like what's what's the what virtual tools does it give you? 
Uh, tabletop simulator, you mean? Yeah. So tabletop simulator is kind of interesting in that I would go so far as to say it's not necessarily a board game simulator as much as it is a physics engine that lets you do board game specific things. Oh, okay. So it's there are mods you can get for it, and there are some officially supported mods. For example, there's one for uh, a game called Wingspan. I don't know if you've heard of the board game Wingspan before. But there's a, an official mod for Tabletop Simulator from uh, some developer who's officially licensed the board game, and it's got all sorts of stuff that is specific to Wingspan kind of built into it. But people can also make their, their own mods for free, taking advantage of some of the built-in functionality that a board game would need, like dealing cards, grabbing pieces and moving them around the board, snapping things to a grid, that kind of thing. But it, Tabletop Simulator is really more like a physics engine that gives you those options, and then people kind of build the board games kind of around that, oh, okay. if that makes any sense. Yeah, I found it here on Steam. I'll have a link uh, in the show notes, and it's uh, it's $22 Canadian. So not, not, a, not a big ask for something that you can use to then simulate, you know, rolling dice or snapping D&D pieces to a grid or whatever you need to do. Right. And the other thing, too, is uh, for a lot of the mods, not everyone in the group needs to have it. Uh, usually only like one person needs to have it and they would host the game that other people can connect to that game. Oh, wow. OK, so even simpler, like only the like only the, D the DM would maybe have to have it for a Dungeons and Dragons game and then everybody else can just connect to that. Right. Yeah, because I think only one person in our group bought the wingspan uh, the official Wingspan mod, and we all just connect to his game, and we can all play together. Nice. That's really cool. It's it's so nice that online games, whether it's sharing something on a stream or playing together, you know, via, you know, co-op or, you know, 4v4 or whatever it is that you're doing online in, in Nintendo stuff, and like how gaming really is a way to hang out and connect with family and friends and stuff from a distance without having mm -hmm. just like, you know, just, it's not like you're just sitting on FaceTime and chatting. Like there's something else going on, which just becomes fun. And, um, and then it becomes like a, not that people necessarily need incentive to hang out with friends, but like, if you're really enjoying the game, there's almost that, there's always that push and pull to come, come back in and, and do, do one more session and see where the story goes, you know? Oh yeah. We've been playing as a group, uh, it started out on, I think it was Wednesdays before I showed up, but I have been going every Thursday for five, six years now, and it was going before that as well. So we, we hang out every week, play board games. Nice. Uh, Steven, do you guys have tabletop stuff going on in your household? I know that um, I know that you folks are into video games. I mean, you guys introduced me to Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to drop that nugget in my stream every once in a while because... <laughs> It's just, it's a fun little bit of trivia, but yeah, no, we, we do uh, have a good set of, a decent set of board games. We're not crazy fanatical about them, but we've got some, some unusual ones called, one's called Quirkle. It's not really, I guess, a board game, but it's sort of like a, a dice game that's a cross between Yahtzee and Scrabble, which is kind of interesting. Um, we like the classics, like, like we do like Yahtzee. Um, we've been playing a lot of story lately. There's, uh, I'm going to mess up the names of them. There's something of Catan. Oh, Settlers of Catan? Catan, yes. So we've got that as well. Um, I try to play that, but it's <laughs> it's my wife and sons that play it more often than I do. But no, we've been trying to get into the habit of playing them more often. We do. We've got a good set of them, but it's almost almost a point of making, or sort of making a point of playing it once a week. Nice. Or, or a game once a week. That's really cool. Mm. Uh, just joining us, uh, hot off the presses, we've got a live uh, Alistair McFly. Hello, sir. 
Hello, hello, everyone. How are you doing? Good, hey, man. <laughs> Glad to see. Like, I, I saw you come in. The magic of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> just sneaked in through the bat. Yeah, Hopefully exactly. Um, so we were just discussing uh, Cosmic's email about all of the stuff coming in from uh, Disney Plus. So we read that, and we're oh. we're on to the the nerdy highlight of of 2021. Uh, I actually have someone else to bring into the call. Ryan's here as well. So while I do that, if you want to uh, tell the folks what your highlight was from 2020, then that would be fantastic. Highlight from 2020. Oh, um, nerdy highlight. We have to be specific here. Yeah, I think it was my my sudden uh, addiction to home arcades. Oh, right. I think, <laughs> which kind of was a big surprise in terms of I seen them uh I, I spoke about this on the the last podcast i was on I'd, see, I'd seen them around a little bit and then uh the more i kind of looked into it i just decided i'm gonna get one and then one became three and yeah that's a very dangerous uh expensive hobby to suddenly find myself in <laughs> oh man i'm so uh miss pac-man turtles in time what's the third one um X-Men versus Street Fighter, which is delayed in shipping, so I still don't have it. I don't even know if it'll even arrive for Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Not that I want to derail your story, but I just want to clarify. His addiction was buying one. Before it arrived, he bought a second one. Before those two arrived, he bought a th third one. So it wasn't that he was in love with even... the one he got and then bought more. <laughs> it's just <laughs> he was a, addicted with buying them before he even played them. I even bought an upgrade for the Turtles one before that had even arrived. <laughs> I got a light-up marquee for it, like from a, a guy who hand-makes them and stuff. And so I hadn't even had anything at this point. And I've already, you know, ended up just obsessed from just watching things online and just imagining what my spare room could be. So, yeah. <laughs> I admire your commitment, Alistair. Yeah. <laughs> 2021 party at Alistair's, that's for sure. Coming in now, we've got Ryan Murphy. Uh, once again, you can find him at R Murphy on Twitter and Ryan Murphy CA on Twitch. Good evening, sir. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. I'm I'm a little late, but I made it. Eggnog and all. I don't have eggnog. I wish I did. <laughs> See, I I was hard pressed for time. I just finished dinner, and then I had to rush and do mic check for the show. And I'm just regretting not pouring like a rum and eggnog before coming in here. Uh, now that you mentioned I've got that. you covered. So, oh, hey, look, there at least one of us is. Um, exactly. Uh, Ryan, we just finished uh, getting the uh, highlight of 2020 from uh, the roundtable. So, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. So, looking back over the year, what was your nerdy highlight that either you did or took part in or something cool that happened? Hmm, nerdy highlight. Um, you know, it's. It's interesting. So my oldest, who is turning five next month, uh, over the summer, late summer, we ended up picking up um, some of the Lego Super Mario stuff. So we picked up the starter kit. Um, I was worried they weren't going to be old enough to play with it. And I was like, I'm not going to buy it, even though I'm a huge Nintendo fan, because they're not going to play with it. They're not old enough. But they started like getting into like the regular Lego. So I thought, okay, well, perfect excuse. We'll pick the starter kit up. So he's been he's been over the moon with that stuff, uh, just loving the Super Mario stuff. Now, I, I'm not going to make the same mistake I made with Paw Patrol, where he finds out there's a bunch of toys. Um, <laughs> so I've like tried to hide as much as possible, but there's like this huge section in the in the tablet app that is essentially the instructions for for the Lego set, uh, with all the other sets you can buy. So I 
I make sure I like put my thumb over that button so he doesn't he doesn't actually see all the extra sets. He'll get some for Christmas, but um, that that's probably like the highlight, you know, nerdy wise. We've just been uh, him and and uh, my middle child Abigail and I have been playing Lego Super Mario, and it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. nice. I didn't realize there was a Lego Super Mario. I like I I, I knew that there was Nintendo Lego sets, but not that there was a video game too. Yeah, so these are so it's not like your traditional Lego video game. It's uh it's it's actual Lego sets, but they have the Mario that you you I say control, but well, I guess you are controlling it. You're moving it around the custom set you've built and it's got like an LE like a color sensor on the bottom so he can Mario can tell when he is standing on like grass or water or lava, which the kids love. You put him over lava and he freaks out. Which I mean, I might want to look into that a little bit, but um, but you know he loves Mario's good with water and he's good with grass, so that's that's fine. But uh, no, it's really cool, and you kind of build your own set. So I was again thinking I'd have to build all the the different courses and and see, but you know, Caden loves taking it apart and building different courses and running through. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, he's he wants he wants more. So we got a couple of like smaller little sets. There's no way I'm getting like the giant. I think you can get like Bowser's castle and it's an insane amount of Lego money. And I'm not, we're not going that far. I have nowhere to store it, but, um, little sets we're, we're going to get to kind of augment the sort of like green and red and blue pieces to, to build some cool new courses. So that'll be probably Christmas morning for me. Nice. I, I went looking cause I, I did pick up some Lego for, um, for Lego gifts. Surprisingly they were for adults, which was interesting. Um, but there are some, there's a weird kind of like middle ground with Lego, like some sets that are really cool. They've got some nice personal kind of like Mimi or, or fandom to them. And they're like 25 bucks, you know, depending. Um, and they're great. And then when I get to the sets that I'm interested in, like, oh, I don't know, like the, the razor crest from, from the Mandalorian, it's like $150. (laughs) And even it doesn't matter whether it's a gift for myself. I'm still like, woof, $150 on Lego? I don't know. Like, I <laughs> I can think of a lot of other things that I would spend $150 on than Lego. Um, there seems to be a, that sweet spot where it becomes a non-decision. You know, like some mm-hmm. of the Brickhead stuff is kind of cool. Uh, I'd much rather that than like just a Fumco thing that you just buy and look at. At least I could build the, the Brickheads, you know. Uh, and there's a couple of new sets that came out uh, in the fall, I guess. Uh, or maybe the summer. There's an Iron Man one and there's a Star Wars Sith one and they're like pixel art. They're also $150, but there's four different images that you can make with them or one giant one. And so some of the Sith stuff from the Star Wars is really cool, like the pixel art that they have with that. Um, but again, it's just, it's, they're big, like they're not small. It's a, it's a good, like, I want to say 10 inches square that you, that you sit on, on your wall and it like you build the frame and you can hang it and all that kind of stuff. But still, it's just, it's a lot <laughs> for, for, the, for a, I don't want to say a toy, but just in terms of what you, what you have, I find that it's just, it's almost like it's just $50 more than it should be all the time. Like, I mean, I'd be like, yeah, I, I, I could justify like ninety nine ninety nine <laughs> for that, but it's like, no, it's $150. I don't know. I don't know. At least like the Lego store online offers free shipping, which I did not expect. So that's, that's good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Christmas day cause I, I've got something special, uh, going on to someone else special. Uh, and that should be, that should be fun. Um, so Steven, uh, looking yes. at your 2020, what was your nerdy highlight? Um, 
to be honest it was twitch um i'm new to twitch this year and <laughs> as sad as this sounds once the pandemic hit we kind of went into lockdown and i realized i have very few real life friends other than work friends and just feeling like a bit of a shut-in and watching you stream and Alistair stream and Megan stream. I thought, oh, this might be a neat way to actually, you know, play to keep myself entertained and engaged, but also maybe connect with people. And I've been pleasantly surprised. It's sort of, I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but as much as I hoped I would. And in the community, even if you just have four people or three people in chat, man, people are just there to have a good time and support you. It's just been, it's been a very, very cool experience for me. So that's been, yeah. And, and I, I can't see myself stopping. I was going to say anytime soon, but I can't see myself stopping as silly as that sounds, but it's like enjoy it quite a bit. No, I, you know, I 100% agree. I'm, I'm glad that you're streaming and uh, cause that's, that's mine actually. That's what I had written down for my highlight for, for 2020 was you know, for me, it was going outside of Minecraft because I, I know that I was getting a fair amount of people in Twitch and growing the, that nice community that you were talking about. But I was concerned that if I was to leave the Minecraft space, which of course I, I, I'm in with the Spawn Chunks, my other show, that mm. I, that that community wouldn't translate, that they would be there for Minecraft and not for me or not for the community. And I was, it took a little bit of time, but not nearly as long as I thought. And I was surprised, like you said, like I was pleasantly surprised by like, oh, so when I play Satisfactory for months on end and barely crack Minecraft, you know, there was a while there during the early pandemic where I was only playing Satisfactory and cracking Minecraft just to get the news and just to say that I played it for a weekend, you know, mm -hmm. um, where any other time that I had during the week was, was Satisfactory or No Man's Sky. I got back into that and I found that there's enough crossover. Now, granted, I have they're similar tastes in games. They're both, they're all building games. They're all kind of like sandboxy. You're not, there's not necessarily a lot of like shoot 'em up kind of typical video game mechanics in them. Uh, they all kind of like feel the same in terms of their, their vibe. So um, there was a bit of a translation there for some people that had never seen those games before. But uh, yeah, like for me, the amount of time that I've been able to spend streaming, I don't know why I put it off for so long. Uh, but it's, it, that was also my highlight for, for 2020. And I have to say like, you know, seeing you and, and Alistair and Megan, some of us who share community members, you know, whether it's cosmic or, you know, Liwas or some other regulars, I can't name them all cause I'll end up forgetting people, but like, it's just really cool to see streamers that have the same kind of mentality and the same kind of presentation but also their own thing, you know, like Alistair with your, you know, humane, <laughs> treatment of, of, of <laughs> giant quotation marks uh, i was gonna of, say that's air quotes around that one <laughs> yeah uh, of animals you know like that kind of thing but but also like whatever i can get away with yeah <laughs> but when i send over a raid to someone like steven i can say like hey look if you're enjoying this really chill stream then you're going to enjoy this really chill stream too because you know you and i steven are, are very similar in terms of how laid back we are and with our mm. presentation um and, and I feel like people appreciate that. And I, I was worried that with this, I, you know, I'm sticking my foot in the ground. I'm staying chill. You know, I'm staying like relaxed on these streams. Uh, and that didn't backfire on me. You know, like th that didn't, you know. Which actually helped me, to be honest, because 
I was interested in doing it just to even see, you know, is this a thing I want to do? And you basically, and, and listening to you and Alistair, you're both pretty much, it might sound silly, but you're both you. You know, you don't put on this, I'm streaming now persona and we're going to go do this, everyone. It's just, you're just doing your thing as you, which made it easier for me to get into because I didn't feel like there was any sort of, okay, I need to drink three cups of coffee before I go stream now so that I've got the energy to carry this persona forward or anything like that. So it was actually, I'm super grateful that that's where you stuck your foot in the ground because it's made it easier for me to get started. I feel like I should put in the disclaimer that I am a little bit more humane in real life than the persona. <laughs> yeah, there are no air quotes around it in, in real life. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. So, Ryan, I know that you actually have a stream night coming up. I think it's the, is it the final Extra Life stream? Yeah. Yes. Uh, hmm. We are streaming Friday. Uh, what day is that? Oh, my. They're all running together. 18th. I, I just December went... 18th. Yeah, the 18th. I just went back to work on Monday after nine months of parental leave, so I'm I'm a little, I'm I'm, okay. I'm I'm just getting back into the swing of things while also trying to block out the sounds of kindergarten over a really cheap Android tablet. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we are streaming Friday the 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Twitch.tv/RyanMurphyCA, and we are going to be raising money for sick kids in Toronto, and um, that is through Extra Life. And this is our this is our, our sort of end of campaign stream. Uh, donations are open until the end of December, but we usually try to have one more stream before the Christmas break. And uh, we play holiday themed games. I think I think Among Us is in in the sort of the roundabout. We have we didn't mm. get a chance to play it already, so we're gonna play that. Someone told me there's a Santa hat in there, so it counts. Um, <laughs> luckily, uh, I said, I said, like we played phasmophobia on the last stream and, and it was because we hit one of our goals. I think, um, my co-host and I, we had to, we had to raise $1,500 each and luckily, uh, for the kids, at least we, we did raise that funds. Not luckily enough for us. Cause we had to play phasmophobia, which is this incredibly scary, um, sound based game where, uh, the ghosts, the AI will actually like listen to you speak it's it's all like voice sort of activated so like if Ooh. you're you know the ghost name and you go in there and you're, you're really trying to sort out who the ghost is and what what type of ghost they are but the longer you stay the more likely it'll kill you um it, it doesn't pay well either because you walk out of there after like oh two of my friends died and i got 50 bucks and i gotta split it with the driver great uh but luckily they're not adding any holiday stuff to that or or hopefully they're not so we don't have to play that again um, but yeah, we're going to play some holiday games. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and yeah, it's our, our final sort of stream before we, we head off into the holidays and then get to do it all over again next year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Gaming has really kind of come to the forefront of my, my entertainment with the exception of a few, few series that I liked this year. Um, uh, but I'm in, as far as looking ahead to 2021, Provided I can get my hands on an Xbox Series X, uh, I am looking forward to some couch game time. As much as I like streaming, I'm finding now that what I want to do when I'm I'm relaxing is like, oh, I'd really like to just play a game. But it's like, well, I don't want to play No Man's Sky because I should probably stream that, or I don't want to play, you know, Borderlands. I should stream that. And so it'll be nice to have a couple of things where I'm not streaming, especially if they're games that are old that it doesn't really matter that you know most people have seen them that wouldn't really bring in a bring a big crowd for for streaming 
uh, and I can kind of not be at the computer because that's the other thing is that everything that I'm streaming right now is from the PC or all the video games I'm playing streaming or not is from the PC. And some days, you know, as I'm sure a lot of you feel from the home studio, I just don't feel like spending more time in front of the PC than I have to. <laughs> uh, and so couch gaming, uh, in particular, some heavier games, like say like a, a Mass Effect or a Skyrim or something of that nature will be good to kind of dig into and spend like, you know, 40 hours kind of going through some cool storyline or something. Uh, on the couch in the living room because um, I do plan on getting the Xbox uh, Game Pass with it. So I'll have access to a bunch of games that I've missed over the last generation, which would be really, really fun. Um, nice. But the other thing, of course, uh, as per Comics, Cosmic's email uh, about the Disney Plus announcements, uh, I think I'm most looking forward to some of the Disney content, whether that's you know Lucasfilm, Star Wars, or whether that's uh, the Marvel stuff that's coming. Uh, there are a couple of Pixar things that sound interesting as well, but I, I don't see a lot of films from other places. Like, you know, there's some DC stuff coming. There's like other announcements, uh, sci-fi stuff. I'm just like, no, if it's not, if it's outside of Star Wars and Marvel, like it's almost like they've proven themselves with, you know, the MCU, the mm -hmm. Mandalorian has proven that Star Wars can be serialized and, and in television content. And I won't get into any spoilers. Don't worry about that. Um, but looking ahead to what's coming, uh, from the, like something crazy, like 52 things that Disney announced last week, um, the Marvel kind of headers are WandaVision, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, a series called What If, as well as, uh, Ironheart and a few other kind of like side story things that people may not know about. Then we've got Moon Knight, She-Hulk. And then the bigger movies like uh, Black Panther 2, uh, Ant-Man will get another film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was announced previously. Uh, and of course, there's a Spider-Man um, third movie coming. And they announced without any real trailer, it's just a, a logo, a new Fantastic Four movie handled by the MCU, which should be fantastic. And these are all the things that people are I've been uh -huh. uh, champing at the bit for because now that Marvel, uh, Sony, not Sony, um, Disney owns Fox, which means X-Men and the Fantastic Four are now under the same umbrella as the MCU, uh, mm -hmm. which gives them more control over those stories and how to weave those in. And I think it's cool because the Fantastic Four is so futuristic that I think it works well for taking whatever Marvel wants to do into the future, you know, beyond the Avengers and beyond where we are now. Um, but then uh, to go a quick kind of like bullet list down the Disney stuff, We've got, uh, obviously, The Mandalorian Season 3 will be coming. Two spinoffs from The Mandalorian, uh, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. We've got Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is an animated series based on the Clone Wars characters. Uh, Star Wars Andor, starring Rogue One's Diego Luna. Uh, Acolyte, or The Acolyte, excuse me, uh, a Star Wars series helmed by Russian doll creator uh, Leslie Headland, uh, set in the High Republic. Obi-Wan Kenobi, live action series starring uh, Ewan McGregor. And the news last week is that Hayden Christensen will be returning as Darth Vader. And that is set 10 years after the rise of, no, what's it called? The Revenge of the Sith. So after the, the, the battle on Mustafar, when Obi-Wan creates Darth Vader uh, by chopping him into bits, uh, that's when they're set 10 years after that is where that started. 
Uh, we've got a droid story. That's going to be an awkward reunion. Yeah. Well, that, that was the quote from Christensen. <laughs> it was a really, it was really was it? awkward. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. what he said. Yeah. He said like, you know, so they, we didn't leave them on the best of terms. And he's like, you think you chopped your legs off? <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit, a little bit much. Uh, there's also a Star Wars Lando series and Star Wars Visions is an upcoming anime anthology uh, coming to Disney Plus. And that might be actually a, a like a sleeper hit. Uh, you know, a bunch of different animation studios working on different Star Wars stories as standalone shorts. Um, I really loved the Love, Death, and Robots series from Netflix. I thought they were really yeah. interesting. <laughs> and so something like that for Star Wars could be very cool. Um, rounding out, those are just television series for Star Wars. Uh, the films for Star Wars... <laughs> Uh, is Rogue Squadron directed by Wonder Woman's uh, Patty Jenkins. Uh, and of course, Taika Waititi is making a Star Wars movie that, that we know nothing about other than it's a Taika Waititi movie. Um, there are a bunch of animation <laughs> things, but I thought for the sake of time and um, the nerdiness of the Marvel and the Star Wars universes that we would focus on, on those um, because that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Star Wars that doesn't suck. Not that the... I don't hate the current films, but I feel like the Mandalorian really gets it. Like there's a certain mm. level of, we really understand what fans are looking for. And there's a certain level of, um, because of just the giant Disney money machine that they can put into a TV show for star Wars. It looks fantastic. It doesn't feel like a cheap TV show. You know, like it feels like a feature. Um, there's just so much going on there. Uh, I'm looking forward to most the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, especially now that I know that Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader and that it's set with them either crossing paths or at least somehow dealing with one another. I'm not sure how, um, but I, one of my favorite books, I don't think it's canon anymore, but Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader was a really, really good read. And it's it's from the perspective of Vader a lot of the time dealing with this new mechanical body and dealing with what this this realization of what he's done and what he's become and who he wants to hunt down and all this kind of stuff and it was really cool uh and to see any kind of inner struggle from darth vader not as this like old you know jedi sith you know battle axe that he is in in the the first trilogy but as an original he's only been doing this for a few years kind of like still has a lot of connections to very alive Jedi that he's trying to hunt down. That could be very, very interesting. Uh, and the other thing that I'm really interested in from the um, television side of things is uh, Ahsoka. I, I, I thought that uh, what they did with Ahsoka in The Mandalorian and what they're doing, what they're planning seems to be pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm in for I'm in for TV Jedis. I, I'm on board with that. <laughs> and um, Rogue Squadron... I like Patty Jenkins as a director. I liked Wonder Woman. I have not seen 1984, but that's just coming out this week, I think. Um, Rogue Squadron, just so people are not confused, it's set beyond the rise of Skywalker, which means it's not the Rogue Squadron. It's a Rogue Squadron. Uh, so Rogue Squadron is like Luke Skywalker or Wedge Antilles and a bunch of other people. That, that was the original Rogue Squadron. But it's not that one. It's another one. So maybe in name only... I mean, I can know, I know why they use the name because it's got some cachet with fans, but um, I am cool with a fighter jet movie set in Star Wars universe. Bring it on. 
what the heck? Wasn't her father a, a fighter jet pilot as well? That was the yeah. trailer. It was a really, really cool mm. trailer of Patty Jenkins rollerblading down a military tarmac, talking about her dad, talking about how cool it was to have a fighter pilot as a dad. He eventually died in service to the country. Uh, and she wanted to honor him and do a really cool fighter pilot movie. She never found the right story. It was never the right time. And as she's talking to you about this, she's slowly putting on a X-Wing jumpsuit and, and helmet. And then she walks, she walks off towards an X-Wing fighter on the tarmac and says like, now I finally found the best place to tell the story. And she doesn't say anything else. She just kind of walks away. You're like, Oh, yeah, nice. oh crap. It's yeah. Pretty great. It's, it's a great, great thriller. Yeah. No, it, it's fantastic. So, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Like the Obi-Wan Ahsoka and the rogue squadron. Uh, so, uh, Alistair, do you, have you been keeping up on the Disney releases? I know that this kind of stuff usually crosses your plate. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was going through the list of everything and there was so much, <laughs> which is, is so good as well. Um, I mean, obviously, it's uh they've not had a chance to release a lot of information so they're just kind of like we're just releasing it all at once there you go have fun uh we will and um yeah i haven't seen much footage it's all been kind of text i've i started watching the actual presentation i have not finished it yet um still needing to find time to kind of get around and finish it uh but yeah i, I love just the amount of stuff that's coming out um, I've seen a couple of trailers, like I saw the one for Loki, which looks really, really cool. Um, so that I'm really interested in. Uh, I know that we're focusing a lot on the Star Wars and Marvel, but something that was kind of down in the list that really got my attention was the new Alien series that Ridley mm -hmm. Scott is going to be producing. Well, that's, that's a TV again, series, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be setting it on Earth. There's always been this threat of the aliens finally making it to Earth and, uh, and the whole idea of Prometheus was the xenomorphs were designed as a weapon to use against Earth. So the fact that we're kind of getting to that and that it's not just a movie, but it is a series um, is quite exciting to me. I'm, I'm really curious as to what they're going to end up doing with that, especially in a television format. Ryan, I know that you do have to uh, to move on shortly because of other podcast schedules kind of uh, coming in here. Uh, be believe me, sir, I know exactly... <laughs> how your day feels um so before you take off like what are you looking forward to uh in 2021 and it doesn't necessarily have to be the part of the disney announcement uh but if you've got like a video game or, or other things that you're looking forward to let us know i'm looking forward to cyberpunk working in 2021 <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, that's a cheap shot i apologize uh no but i mean keeping with the disney plus like it's crazy uh, the night that Disney was having their investor panel was also a night for the Game Awards, which is usually a, a, a huge announcement fest as well. And it, and it very much was. But um, you just got to hand it to Disney in their ability to 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 hand you nine television shows from a single franchise and have a majority of the Internet be like, cool, sounds great. Because normally the <laughs> the the reaction to something like that is like, oh, man they're just they're going too much too fast and i feel like that was the original response with the movies but for some reason i think with the movies they should have tested their theories on tv and then did the movies whereas they've experimented with the movies and i think they've found their footing with the tv i'm not like a by any means like a huge star wars fan i like star wars but i haven't really loved star wars until the mandalorian and it really could be because of uh, what was once referred to as Baby Yoda. Um, or, you know, it could be just that it is, it's, 
it's hinting like the first season was very much its own thing. And then the second season was more connected in a way. And that's all I'll say. But when they announced two spinoffs, I'm like, perfect. Yeah, those two spinoffs are focusing exactly on what I figured we would not get more of, which is Ahsoka and um, focusing on the New Republic pilots. If we can get the guy from Kim's Convenience to do more of that, that yeah. sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also have to watch Kim's Convenience now <laughs> um, <laughs> after I finish uh, uh, Shit's Creek, but uh, I'm a bad Canadian. And I just, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about more Star Wars, and I can't wait to see what Taika Waititi does. But when it comes to Marvel, it's just all of it sounds really... I'll give all of it a shot. I, I think they've really proven to me that if it's connected to the MCU, it's a quality product, mm-hmm. even at least worth watching at least once, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it just seems that they've got a good formula down and they're really branching out with these new characters, but kind of connecting them all to characters we love. Like you have Hawkeye and Hulk and um, pretty much all like Loki, all of those announcements, they're all kind of like, heading in a new direction but still keeping connections to some of our favorite characters that that we've seen develop over the last decade so 2021 is going to be crazy for staying at home and watching disney <laughs> it's yeah. going to be interesting <laughs> well and that, something i did notice too is that you've got the the heavy-handed disney plus series releases and two movies right like they're giving star wars i think in the theater a break for two reasons one the mixed, I think, reviews of of some, the last two films that were out, but also with pandemic and restrictions and people just that that return to theater is is not going to happen the moment that the vaccine is distributed or anything like that. We're a couple of years from like regular theater comfort, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and and doubling down on the home entertainment is like look for less than the price of one ticket seat to, in a theater. Your whole family can watch all of this. You know, yeah. and it makes it makes an awful lot of sense. But uh, well, Ryan, I know you got to bail. Uh, so, dude, uh, thanks so much for taking the time and have a happy, happy holiday season. And uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you uh, off mic and stuff. But um, I, all the best to you and yours, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it was great chatting with everybody. So I have to run, but uh, we'll chat more soon. Enjoy the holidays and um, happy podcasting. So once again, that'll be Ryan Murphy CA on Twitch this Friday, December 18th for the Extra Life charity stream for Sick Kids Toronto. I just followed him. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. And, and it's for good cause, obviously. Uh, and I just realized, I mean, obviously I, I had to, we had to get Ryan out of here on time, but um, this was uh, or is a full Canadian podcast. Like my other co-hosts that are American, they're on tomorrow. <laughs> Like oh. it's just, it's, we're all, we're all north of the border. We're, uh, we're, we're kicking it old school here. Um, nice. James. Uh, in terms of location, not where we originate from. But well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> for a second then I was like, hang on. You're an honorary Canadian, certainly an honorary Heligonian anyway. Um, well, thank you. He just does one heck of a British accent. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real like method actor. He does it all the time. All the time. Yeah. 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 I've been practicing all my life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, James, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Uh, I'll kind of be honest. I've been out of Star Wars for a little while now. Uh, last few movies kind of touched on it. I was in that camp of it was only okay. It didn't it didn't grab me. I haven't picked up The Mandalorian yet, even though I've heard great things about it. So uh, most of the Star Wars announcements, I was like, yeah, great. Okay, I'm, I'm happy people are excited for that. I think the thing that most interests me in that regard is uh, what you touched on, Joel. 
the uh, return of Hayden Christensen uh, to the franchise. I always thought uh, Hayden Christensen got a bit of a bad rap for the prequel trilogy. I, I thought he did the best with what he was given. And I would really like to see him come back and be given some good material and some good direction and really dig into it. And I thought he and Ewan McGregor had great chemistry. So I'm really excited to see Hayden Christensen back. And in terms of the MCU stuff, um, I've seen most of the movies, uh, the TV shows. Uh, they sound interesting, but I'm not sure they're going to reach the top of the pile for me um, in terms of things I'm going to really seek out to go watch. So a little bit of a, a, little bit of a bummer on that one. Um, but I'm going to get some nerd cred back. Uh, I'm really excited <laughs> about something. I'm really excited about something that's starting tonight, actually. And that's season five of The Expanse. I'm really excited for that. I just finished the fifth book, so I'm excited to see how they adapt the book for television. And that's starting tonight and goes into 2021. So that counts for what I'm looking forward to in 2021. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to burn some nerd cred here. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. Um, this is actually a time of year where one of my other fandoms kind of peaks, and that's uh, pro wrestling. I'm a big fan of pro wrestling, and in particular, Japanese pro wrestling. And this time of year is when uh, the fandom kind of peaks a little bit because uh, January 4th, a date we touched on earlier, uh, is when one of the, the big wrestling shows of the year is. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that this January 4th, my first day back to work. Yay me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, in terms of uh, TV shows and stuff, uh, I'm hoping we'll get Better Call Saul. Uh, a new season of Better Call Saul would be really nice. I like that show. And... Uh, I'm going to go back to pro wrestling for a quick minute. Uh, there's a, a sort of docu-series that's now on Crave uh, that I really like that talks about some of the uh, true stories and characters and uh, myths of professional wrestling, but from a true crime perspective. So if you like true crime shows, uh, this might be something that you might want to check out. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. And just to give like a, a quick idea of some of the stuff they talk about they talk about uh there's one episode about the assassination of dino bravo by the quebec mafia for example uh, those kind of stories that are in the history of pro wrestling but from a true crime perspective with really nice production values and uh it was originally by vice uh, so you had to have like the vice tv channel in canada to watch it but now it's on crate uh and there's a new season coming out in 2021 i'm really excited about that too so uh, i burned a little bit of nerd cred i know talking about my pro <laughs> wrestling I, I apologize for that Hey, no, I mean, it's all, it's all nerdy, man. I mean, I, I think that there's, I think that pro wrestling falls under the nerd camp. Like that, cause you're, I mean, really anything does. If you're, if there's always a, a nerd fandom to all of these things, like any kind of deep dive pop culture, you know, entertainment has its, has its nerdy underbelly. Right. Um, speaking of though, I know that you've been um, reading the expanse along with watching it. How do you find that the television series compares to the books? I like both of them. Uh, I will say the show has not been afraid to make some changes from the books to fit television. Um, I don't necessarily think they've been bad changes because the authors of the books are actually heavily involved in the TV show. So the changes they've made have really only made the show better or uh, tried to like make it work for TV, you know, try to fit it in 10 to 16 episodes. Um, so I think they're both good, but they are different in their own ways. Uh, so I, I try to encourage people, you know, if you've only watched the show, it's still worth it to go read the books because there's a lot of good material that the show just couldn't adapt or had to rework to try and fit uh, into a show. Uh, like, for example, uh, book three uh, was kind of jammed into a few episodes of season three. Uh, so 
there's kind of a lot that got lost, but they're both really good. Steven, I know that um, we've got like the, the email here from Cosmic, but either within the Disney stuff or if there's stuff outside of um, the Marvel Star Wars um, thing that you're looking forward to in 2021, I'd, I'd love to know what it is. Um, it's been a pretty busy year. So like entertainment wise, I haven't been able to look much toward 2021 to see what's coming. So, you know, on some level having this, you know, Disney drop all of this information on what's coming was kind of a, a nice bit of a treat of, you know, it, it was nice to have something to look forward to. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to all the Marvel stuff more than the Star Wars stuff. Not that I don't enjoy it, but I've, I've not like a lifetime fan of it. So it's one of those things I will watch it because I'm enjoying it at that time. Not because, yay, it's bringing my childhood back in front of me kind of thing. But in terms of the Marvel thing, Marvel, um, upcoming Marvel releases, one of the, a couple of the things that I'm interested in were um, um, Ms. Marvel. Um, they're going to do a Disney Plus TV series. And I, I read all the graphic novels and it's a great series, but a young Pakistani um woman I guess. and uh kind of her struggles with gaining these powers suddenly sort of comes out of not i guess it's sort of out of nowhere or it comes from somewhere but it's a very sudden like i'm not even sure of the right word but she gets these powers suddenly and it's basically her trying to deal with that with aspects of a traditional pakistan family and trying to fit in with school and stuff like that and i thought it was a really well told tale it was over the like an arc of eight graphic novels and so i'm really looking forward to that um and other than that the Ironheart series sounds pretty cool because i read the uh, i started reading the graphic novel um but didn't get through the entire first one and it's basically she's a the main character is a prodigy who from what i understand creates an iron man like suit that's stronger i believe so um in this graphic novel though tony stark's still alive so he, he of course starts to pay attention <laughs> when someone makes a suit that's uh comparable to his own so i'm curious to see what they're going to do with with that um otherwise i guess disney wise i'm kind of excited for like disney movie wise or disney disney story wise excited for a couple things but sort of disappointed the direction they're taking like I've been thinking that um, Big Hero Six was the f an excellent movie to be the first of a bunch of something, and so this one called Baymax means it made f focus on the caretaker humanoid or android Baymax character, which it wouldn't be bad. I'll probably still watch it, but I found sort of the assembly of the the big you know, the group of heroes, very interesting. Like it could have taken on a number of different adventures in the same way that I, I could have sworn that the Incredibles were going to take on a series of incredible adventures, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but so the fact that it's going towards the Baymax side of things, I'm excited because it's bringing Big Hero 6 back, but not in the way I thought in the same way, you know, what was the other one there that I was thinking about? No, I can't recall. I guess the fact that they're bringing back uh, Lightyear as well. I'm just wondering why they're doing that. Mm -hmm. That's uh, four Toy Story movies and now Lightyear. It's um, 
Yeah, I think the yeah. problem right now is, from what I can tell, is that Disney finds himself in a situation where the most popular content on their channel is at, aimed at adults. Like, sh- I'm sure kids like Mandalorian when they're old enough to watch it, but like in terms of animation entertainment, people are mm. not noticing. At least I'm not. You know, like, and I'm 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 big into animation. I love Pixar and, and Disney films. Like, I really enjoyed Big Hero Six. But people are talking about Marvel, Star Wars, the Fox acquisition. They're talking about, you know, uh, like like you said, Alistair, the Aliens movies, not for kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but when people say like Lightyear, you just kind of like go ah. You know, like you yeah. don't really tune in because you kind of just think you know what to expect. Now it's supposed to be something different. It's supposed to be based on the mm. character Buzz Lightyear, not the toy. Uh, and right. voiced and, by um, Chris Evans, who I like, you know. Yeah, and to be fair, um, I shouldn't be too hard on Lightyear. It may be excellent because I actually thought Monster, the Monsters Inc. prequel, like why would you do that? Monsters Inc. was so great. Why would you try to make a prequel for it? it? Didn't make any sense. But then Monsters University, I adored it. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. And so, and I was pleasantly surprised by the storyline. It, it actually had a couple of surprises I did not see coming and so light year may do exactly the same thing for me it's just i guess i get sort of uh, when there's a spin-off after four movies of the same thing so it's like yeah you know if if they had done one movie and this was the spin-off i might go cool all right i'm excited but now that's you know they've done four toy stories and now there's a light year spin-off it's just I i think pixar though they do enjoy character and they love focusing on character and that's why like with Monsters Inc., they kind of reached the end of that story, and there wasn't really much you could kind of go with. But from a character perspective, it's like, how did Mike and Sully end up mm-hmm. being these best buds? And that was kind of intriguing. And I think that with Toy Story, we've kind of gotten as much out of these characters as we really can get. And that if there was another Toy Story, it'd be like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. Um, but having it focus on the character that Buzz Lightyear was based on because we're seeing the you know Buzz as this toy that's based on this character from this TV show. To actually find out more oh. about the original character is going to be a lot more intriguing. So it's not an origin story for the toy Buzz Lightyear. It's actually for Buzz a, Lightyear of if, Star Command. Yeah. 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 Would Bitely, Bite Buzz Lightyear be an actual character? This is mm. there. Okay. Now I'm so we're saying it within intrigued. that universe. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's what it is, you got me intrigued. Yeah. The way that I'm thinking about it, like you and I, we all remember He-Man, the action figure, but it was based on the television show, which came first in order to sell the toys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, well, I mean, they both came at, kind of at the same time, but kids would have the action figure, but there'd be a TV show. Well, this is the equivalent of the He-Man TV show that they're telling the story of like, what is this Buzz Lightyear character that the Tim Allen voiced character is based on? And, and it, to me, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's a safe move. Like I'm much more mm. interested in something like Luca, which is a movie set in Italy about a bon- boy named Luca. And that's all we know. And that's a Pixar film. And I bet, I mm. imagine it's going to be wonderful. Like if it's anything like Coco or Inside Out or you know, like any of the, the more recent Pixar films, uh, I'm really looking forward to Soul coming out next week. The, the um, one-off movies I want to, for, for me personally, I'll clarify the, one-off Pixar movies. I find this the sequels sometimes so-so. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I enjoy the original stories, whereas mm-hmm. it looks like if you go through these, this list, it looks like things like um, Zootopia, Baymax, uh, and I think that might be the only other one. But those are all um, series. Like they're not, um, they're not movies. Zootopia Plus is a series. I don't want another Zootopia movie. That's a gem. But I mean, this we're back into Disney animation. I'm kind of flopping back and forth between Disney and Pixar. But like, I'd much rather have the sequels be Disney Plus series, and then mm-hmm. keep on creating Agreed. new original movies like Moana and they've got one called uh and Kento a new movie set in Colombia with music written by Lin-Manuel Miranda right so I think that's going to be fantastic so like stuff like that I want new original features and if you want to do sequel stuff or spin-off stuff just do series on on Disney plus and that way people you keep I like the new content march you know like I want well they've got this other one um I saw the trailer for it Raya and the Last Dragon which is supposed to come out in 2021 on March 5th. Um, now that, this is the one thing about Disney Plus where I kind of like recoil a little bit and be just like, I don't know that you need to charge me extra to watch a film on Disney Plus, which I'm already paying for uh, on release day. Which is going to go up by $3 in Canada in February. Is it going up by $3? Really? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's $1 US and then about... That translates to about so seven thousand Canadian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I forgot what it was. I actually read it's supposed to be going up three dollars Canadian, which is, you know, that puts not, it on par with Netflix. Yeah, we're not one third on the American dollar. No, it's about so. twenty five cents right now. But yeah. but yeah, it's it's um, yeah. The thing is, though, like I I keep on returning. Well, okay, none of these things have come out yet. But I was thinking about canceling my Disney Plus, you know, in the mm. new year because it is so easy to turn on and turn off. The Mandalorian is over. My thought process was I'll turn it back on when there's enough Marvel content coming that I want to watch. Well, WandaVision starts on the 15th of January. So, well, mm-hmm. why bother? So mm. now, okay, exactly. fine. But what I'm thinking about doing is canceling probably Netflix because it's the most expensive. I already have. Yeah. Oh, really? Have you? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I, I canceled it last month. And um, uh, I find that I'm not watching. I, in, I'd say in the last nine months, I've watched three things on it. And even then mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And so I also realized that I'm watching a heck of a lot of stuff on YouTube. YouTube is pushing more ads now than ever. I ended mm-hmm. up canceling Netflix and just shoving my, uh, my payment over to YouTube Premium. Which is a fraction of the I cost. Because I consume so much more. I mean, if you don't yeah, mind me asking, what's YouTube Premium? Is it like 250 Netflix. or what is it? Oh, it's it's uh, YouTube Premium is, is closer to ten dollars. Oh, is it really now, okay? But yeah, but it's still cheaper than Netflix, and right. I consume way more of it. Yeah, so. yeah, mm. I I do I I consume a lot of YouTube as well, and and I've definitely been sick of the commercials, uh, the same old same old commercials in front of everything that I watch. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I can I, I can like see having picture in picture as well. Oh yeah, no, that'd be good too. See, for me, uh, I have um, surprisingly been spending a lot more time in Crave, maybe just because I don't plan on keeping it for very long. Like I wanted to mm. watch, you know, Star Trek to, you know, hang out and talk with, you know, you and James Alistair about it. And then um, I have actually fallen off of that. I was watching a couple of other series on Crave and they're good, but they got weird. Um, the, uh, the Ridley Scott one, um, Raised by Wolves. It's good. It's sci-fi, but it's weird sci-fi. So I got to be in the right mood for it. 
Um, <laughs> but I did watch uh, Tolkien, the um, um, drama biopic about J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, which oh, I really, that's I out. really enjoyed. It's on, it's on Crave. I watched it. It was, fa- it's, it's not a fast paced film, but it's really good. Mm. It's got the same kind of heart that um, the Lord of the Rings has in terms of like, they told a very similar story into what his inspiration was and kind of like the formative years of Tolkien and uh, hmm. stuff I actually didn't know about his life. I'm assuming they didn't go too far out. I mean, I, I'm it's a drama, so like there's probably some creative liberties, but the, the points of life is where he was and when he went to school and his friends, I'm sure is accurate because it deals with the First World War and stuff, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm finding a lot of the films that I'm most interested in, in watching uh, are on Crave, like new ones. Uh, that's where I found hmm. um, Alita Battle Angel, uh, the Tolkien one. There was another one that I watched that was animated. Oh, Shazam. Okay, so I haven't necessarily enjoyed the films because <laughs> Shazam was terrible. <laughs> but I am going in there and going like, ooh, I remember that coming out. Ooh, I remember that coming out. I'll check that out. Whereas on Netflix, I'm just on this endless scroll of like, this is from 40 years ago. Uh, I've never heard mm. about this. Like it's a Netflix original, which means I have to watch for them before it even gets good. You know, <laughs> like they, <there's laughs> and, Netflix... and chances are it will get canceled before they even finish it. Well, there's that, right? I mean, like, so I, I have more stock in Disney plus and um, I do like Amazon prime because they have like the series on Amazon prime. They're short, but they're good. Like Jack Ryan was fantastic. Um, so I'm looking forward to more of that if that comes out. But um but yeah, I do find that my Netflix experience is it's now that Disney Plus is ramping things up big time. I trust mm. the MCU. I trust mm-hmm. Disney TV for Star Wars because of two seasons of The Mandalorian. And when I'm looking at Netflix going like, you guys have proven me that you're slow and expensive. And, you know, like, and I, I don't, mm. I get as much as I understand that there's a lot on Disney Plus. I don't have that paralyzing choice that I do at Netflix where I'll spend 20 minutes trying to decide what to watch with Disney plus. I know what I'm looking for already. And I have like, if I'm in the mood for star Wars, I hit the star Wars button and then I just, I've got movies and animation and series and soon it'll be, you know, a lot to take in. But I think that the thing is with Netflix is that I'm not hearing as much about it as I used to. I'm hearing a lot more about things that are on other channels. Well, I think you you like to sort of flip what you said before, where you were thinking of getting rid of Disney Plus, and then just getting it back again when there's, you know, a collection of good stuff on it. I've, you know, there's part of me that's been thinking about doing that with Netflix because it's almost easier to do that with Netflix because from a, it's a, it's slightly annoying but smart from a business perspective for Disney Plus where they'll release an episode per week. So, you know, if WandaVision is ten episodes and it starts on January fifteenth you're kind of in there until March something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you're watching, if you're paying it for it, if you're paying for Disney plus just for that show, they've kind of got you for three months. Whereas Netflix, almost every single show, the entire season drops right away. We watched um, Lucifer, but arguably we could cancel Netflix if there's nothing else we're really watching until Lucifer comes out, you know, boom, pay the 12 bucks, get an entire season cancel the membership again until something else comes up and we can just get it. It's like buying, it's like renting a movie from Blockbuster or two movies for, you know, 10 to $12. You watch it and then you return it and then you don't pay anything else until there's something else you want to watch. Whereas Disney Plus, they're doing it. So there's going to be something every single week almost over the course of the year. Yeah. 
And I, I much prefer weekly releases for mm. a couple of reasons. Um, uh, you know, I mean, binging a show is fantastic and it's certainly better when the show is complete. Uh, but when you have it coming out every week, it gives you time to analyze what you've watched, you know, to actually soak it in, uh, time to actually chat with people socially mm. about what it is that you've seen and, and you get the excitement about what might be coming next. Whereas when it all drops on Netflix, you, you maybe chat with people going, hey, so this has come out. How far into it are you? Yeah. And somebody might be like four episodes ahead. And, you know, and it makes it a lot harder to have those kind of fun conversations. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I really enjoy my Friday ritual of like breakfast or lunch and the Mandalorian. Uh, I watch it mm. early because of the amount of time I'm on the internet and I just don't want to be spoiled in circles that I travel in. Um, but I like, I really like that um, weekly return to something. And I'm sad when it's over because then it's like, mm -hmm. well, now there's, you know, um, it's the same when you binge through something. It's like, well, they released this whole season on Netflix and you watch it all. And then you realize that there's not another season until at least a year from now, yeah. you know? And that's, I think, I think, I think Mandalorian season three is set to release on Christmas day next year. So there's a full year and change from, from this Friday, the, the season finale to, to next year. And it's probably going to be a cliffhanger, you know, <laughs> it's just like, Oh man, like it just, people's heartstrings are just going to be on the line. I was just going to say that I think this is one of the reasons why it's so great that they just released how much they have planned in the roadmap that, okay, we're going to have to wait a year. However, we know that there's going to be so much more to fill the time mm -hmm. that's still set in that universe that people love. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series doesn't even start filming until March 2021. So, that, I mean, that's not mm. coming out until probably 2022. Uh, because you just, I'm just thinking about like effects and things that have to be applied to mm. Star Wars, you know, um, TV shows and whatnot. And I mean, I don't know how many episodes they're planning, but yeah, and we've got the same with uh, Star Trek as well, because Strange New Worlds is supposed to begin production in 2021. Uh, no idea if that'll be dark to release at the end of the year, but again, probably the year after. James, do you have any insight on that on the Star Trek release? Are you looking forward to it, or are you just is it something that you're just going kind of like, well, it gets here when it gets here? I'm excited for Brave New Worlds, actually. Uh, I thought the casting of Anson Mount for Christopher Pike was really great, and I thought the Spock and, and number one as well. So I'm definitely mm -hmm. excited to learn more about that one. And uh, we haven't talked about Lower Decks on this show yet, but uh, hopefully we get a season two of Lower Decks as well, because I really liked season one. Yeah, that has definitely been confirmed. They, they've oh, has it? They are doing season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I oh, don't know good. when it releases, but it's been confirmed. Oh, good. I, I really enjoyed season one. Moving on into the Internet Minute, uh, this is, of course, brought to you by you, dear listener. The Citadel Cafe is 100% listener-supported. If you get value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back into it. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server. There are multiple levels with different rewards like Discord roles, bonus episodes, and the like. Uh, I just checked today. Patron count remains consistent at 21 uh, I always like to try to add one new patron to the roster each month. So if you'd like to be 22, check out patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe and figure out how you can become a member today. Join us in the Discord. It is a lot of nerdy fun. And I want to give a shout out this week to Yuri Teraday, who I've been talking with back and forth via uh, email, uh, a longtime patron of the show. 
uh, and they increased their pledge this month. Uh, they just realized they had some extra cash and they wanted to kind of send it our way. And so I very much appreciate that. Thank you so much. It means a lot for this show that's been going for nine years is my kind of passion project. And to know that people are enjoying it so much that they want to increase their support on the Patreon is, is really, really nice. Uh, I really uh, can't thank you enough. Uh, I am going to defer to James who has a pick this week. What do you bring to us, sir? Actually, I have two picks now. Oh, if that's okay. See, Can now I he's flexing. Now he's flexing. Am I allowed? Am I allowed? Is that okay, Joel? I have two things. What's that called in in pro wrestling when you like you're expecting one thing but you bring something else? Like, is that is that like a pro move? I'm going to say yes in your favor if it comes down to a vote because I have two things I want to. Say. Oh, excellent, good. Okay, so we're, we're I'm, I'm going to flex. I'm going to go with two things. Number one is uh, the one that I I put in the show notes. Uh, it's Yell's Marble Runs on YouTube. That's J-E-L-L-E apostrophe S. Yell's Marble Runs. And it's marble racing, basically. And this kind of like uh, reached the top of the zeitgeist, so to speak, kind of early in the pandemic for whatever reason, because uh, people were locked in their houses looking for things to watch. And marble racing was that thing. And these guys have high production values. Like they, they take their marble racing seriously, but it's all in good fun. It's all relaxed. The videos are like 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, it's all just in good fun. But they, they have some some serious sponsorships. They did a sponsorship with Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Uh, they actually had a sponsorship with uh, Formula E, which is a, an electric racing car series. They did a sponsorship series with them. So it's all in good fun. It's really lighthearted. They're only like 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, they usually put one or two out a week. And my wife and I watch them. And it's just good fun. Just don't think too hard about it. It's really fun. Just let's race marbles. The second thing I want to bring up is uh, I want to touch on Alistair's obsession with uh, arcades. Mm. Uh, we talked in the previous episode about uh, some of those 90s 2D fighting games that we, we kind of grew up playing and the arc mm. really inspired us. Um, there's a set of YouTubers uh, I watch and they do a series called Ranking of Fighters where they use science, air quotes, to determine the best <laughs> fighting game of all time. And they play something that you've heard of, but they also play a lot of those really old, deep-cut, 90s, 2D fighting games that you've probably never heard of. And it's just really chill, very relaxed, just you know, two, three guys playing some fighting games. It's a little slow at first in the first few episodes, because they only play one game. Uh, but then they, they start playing two or three games an episode, and it goes a little faster. And at the, at the end of their session, they pull out their big list, and they scientifically, air quotes, uh, rank their fighting games to determine the greatest game of all time. Uh, there's going to be a, a link in the show notes that'll go right to the playlist. There are 47 episodes right now. So you want something to watch and you like those old school fighting games, here's something for you to watch. Nice. Uh, Steven, it sounds like you have a couple of picks this week. Yeah, mine are just a couple of shows actually that uh, we enjoy watching as a family. It's something that we find sometimes it's hard to find a show that captures and keeps all of our interest. Um, so one of them is the Hilda TV series on Netflix. I know we've talked a little bit about uh, Netflix doesn't have, have a lot to offer sometimes, but this is sort of a British-Canadian animated TV series sort of based on the... There are some graphic novels that everyone in my family, except for myself, for some reason, have read, and they loved them. So when series one came out, uh, I believe it was last year, could have been could have been the year before, um, they were all over it. And so I sort of came along with them and thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a very fun drawing style. Um, it's one of those shows where if something happens in it, 
they don't in an episode they don't forget like it may come back four episodes later and then something from that might come back three episodes after that kind of thing so it's very smart very planned out season two came out yesterday and it is just a fun show highly recommended and the other one that i'm sort of haven't seen yet but very much looking forward to is called wolf walkers on apple tv plus and it's made by the same uh, i'm not sure if it's the same animation studio but comes out from the same um produced by the same people who did song of the sea and the secret of kells two fantastic animated movies and um they're among our family favorites as well so yeah, Wolf Walkers. I f- actually forget when that comes out, if it's not out already, but keep an eye out for it because it looks super cool and it's got movies ahead of it that make it work, make it exciting. Yeah, it brings up the anticipation level, I should say. I really enjoyed uh, Secret of Kells. It's been a while, mm-hmm. but it's. Um, I think I might have even been still working in animation when that came out. It's older. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. but it's just one of those things where like, you, it, it goes against what no, most North American like blockbuster cartoons kind of like put in your brain. It's something very different. And, and for sure. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, if you, if you liked that one, I would recommend song of the sea as well. Just as good. Alistair, what is your pick this week? Mine's actually a uh, YouTube channel called dial the gate. So for, for anybody who's watched my Twitch streams, they'll know that uh, other than Star Trek, one of my big uh, passions has always been Stargate itself. And uh, uh, this is a channel hosted by uh, the guys who run Gateworld, which has been one of the biggest Stargate, well, basically the main Stargate website that's been there ever since the beginning. And Dial the Gate, they've been doing a ton of live stream interviews with cast, with some of the production crew. Um, This Sunday on the 20th, they've actually got David Hewlett, who plays Rodney McKay for both uh, Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis. Um, So that's a live stream that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing. Um, and they've also got uh, Joseph Malozzi who's returning. He was one of the writers uh, as well. So they, they've, you know, they're, they're just interviewing some really great people that have been involved. Also interesting hearing some of the kind of, um, you know, some of the issues that have had that come about trying to get a new series produced. Mm. Um, so it's always kind of interesting to hear that kind of stuff because uh, there, there, there is a continuation series that kind of, it's a struggle to get it back onto the air, basically. Um, but these live interviews are absolutely fantastic. And so if anybody uh, enjoys Stargate, then I highly, highly recommend checking out Dial the Gate. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more info about this show and the links to some of the things that we talked about this week at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod, and you can email the show in 2021 at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. Find us by name on Twitter and subscribe for free on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find the Citadel Cafe. However, word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. It's free. Just tell a friend about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts app or the podcast platform of choice like Spotify. Helps us find the ear holes of strangers, which is what we want. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other podcasts about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. We've been busy recording extra episodes this week for the holiday break, so that show will continue as well. And you can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media, as well as twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where over the holidays, I'm planning on spending some extra time playing some different games. So tune in to twitch.tv slash joelduggan for some streaming fun 
on holiday vacation. Uh, Ryan, who was here earlier but had to duck out early, is at rmurphy on Twitter and also Ryan Murphy CA. Keep an eye out for that extra live stream this coming Friday, the December 18th. Uh, Stephen, thanks so much for being here, man. Where can people find you online? Oh, my pleasure. I too am probably mostly on Twitch these days at twitch.tv slash Stephen ESC and Stephen with a PH and then ESC. I'll be doing Minecraft and drawing over the holidays. Um, that's where I'll be. Alistair, my friend, where can people find you online? For Twitch, it is uh, twitch.tv slash Alistair McFly. I also have um, Alistair McFly as my Twitter account for all my streaming related stuff. And my personal Twitter is iMcFly. And last but not least, James the Civilian. Where can people not find you online? Can't find me anywhere. I, I don't stream. I don't have a podcast of my own. I, I don't have any public facing channels like that. So you find me nowhere. Only at the Citadel Cafe can you find James the Civilian. That's right. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. For the listeners out there, you can find more holiday coming your way with myself, Megan, and Brockett and Lou on the next episode. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.